You're listening to the Woman Who Chat podcast with me, your host, Sandra Garlick. A podcast where I chat to women in business who share their knowledge and top tips, especially for you. I also share my own tips to help you gain visibility fast so that you appear to be everywhere, even when you're not. I'm delighted to bring this podcast to you each week to inspire and motivate you to achieve. Enjoy the podcast. Woman Who Chat is sponsored by Grow Radio. Grow Radio is an online radio station dedicated to bringing you a different podcast on the hour, every hour. I'm proud that Woman Who Chat is played on Grow Radio every Tuesday at 3pm and Friday at 8am and to be a part of their podcasting community. If you want to listen to the station, explore their shows, check out many of the blogs to improve your podcasting skills or get your podcast onto Grow Radio, head over to growradio.uk today. Welcome to Woman Who Chat and today I'm chatting with Wendy Garkars of the Micro Business Growth Club. Hello Wendy. Hi Sandra, how are you? I'm really good, thank you. Now, I want to talk to you today about all things business growth. But before I do, I want to just say congratulations because you are now award-winning Wendy Garkars. So That's absolutely right. <laughs> and for people listening to this, a couple of weeks ago, I held the Solopreneur Awards and Wendy was a finalist in those awards. And I was on stage and I was there with the sponsor, all ready to open the golden envelope and announce the name. Now, I knew your name was in that envelope. Now, I try very carefully not to look at the audience or look at anybody in particular. So I didn't stare at you, but I had you out of the corner of my eye. And the expression on your face, well, your chin just hit the floor. So tell us about that and the journey, you know, of the award win. Oh, it was ju- it's just fabulous because it was a, a wonderful event and events that celebrate women in that way are few and far between, really, Sandra. And they are I love I loved it because every single woman in that room was rooting for each other. They wanted each other to win. It was the most fabulous atmosphere. It was full of laughter and full of fun and full of admiration for each other. And I've been doing this now for a long 35 years. I've been running my own business and I'm just not used to, I'm used to squirreling away in a cupboard somewhere and I'll just get on and do it. And this was probably the first time I put myself out there. And it was really scary to do that because, you know, it's, you're being judged by by other professionals. You you have to go through a couple of stages and it is a bit onerous because you realise if you work for yourself, there's not much accountability. And I've always been very sceptical about awards. I was completely and utterly wrong about that. And I would say to anybody, if there are awards, then why aren't you? Why aren't you in there? Why aren't you in? Because you're in with a chance. It's hard enough out there in business on your own if you're a woman. And we don't celebrate our successes anywhere near enough. And a fabulous day like that puts us on the map and it gives us a chance to say, actually, I'm doing okay. So it was just a wonderful day. And I I walk past my award, which is on the mantelpiece and polish it every now and then. I'm just thrilled to bits about it. As I say, it was lovely watching your face and the, sh- the sheer shock. Obviously, you and afterwards, as soon as you were holding the award, you you couldn't have smiled anymore. You you know you were beaming from ear to ear. It was uh, just a lovely sight to see. And there's lots of photographs online uh, that you can see uh, mm. with his face and the sheer happiness at winning that award. So 
let's backtrack a little bit. So we've chatted before and we've talked about, you know, your business journey. You've got 30 plus years in, you know, in business and doing what you do. What drives you? What gives you that motivation to want to help businesses grow? I think that I've lived a life. So if, if you look at me, Sandra, I'm four foot eleven. I'm blonde. I'm overweight. And I'm a woman. You, you don't get worse than that in terms of stereotyping. And I've gone through my life being consistently undervalued and underrated by lots of people. And yet I've still gone out there and I've still done it because I'm passionate about anybody who wants to start a business for themselves. Because I believe that SMEs are the engine house of our economy. It's not the big multinationals that pull us out of recession. It's the small one man bands who are just in there doggedly doing what they do fantastically every day of the week. And they don't get enough recognition from government. They don't get enough support from government. And I want to do my bit to say, if you want to scale your business up and you want to grow it, then I've got stuff here that can help. And I, it's just something that I've always been really passionate about. And, and I want to continue to do that because it is so important to do that. Hmm. I, I mean, as you know, I've got a long relationship with the Federation of Small Businesses and their stats are that, you know, 99% of businesses are small businesses. It's it's you know they are the engine of the economy because without them yes you've got these corporates and they're big multinational corporates but there are so few of them now and you know you look at the growth of business startups during the pandemic because so many people were made redundant or like the work from home lifestyle that they decided to carry that on and that business growth the number of people starting businesses has absolutely escalated so there is and there's plenty out there for all of us as well isn't there Oh, there absolutely is. And I also think that there's a bit of me that wants to, I'm a bit of a Don Quixote sort of character. So I'll tilt it to windmill if there's one there. And for me, one of the biggest things that we need to be challenging is the lack of equality for women business owners. So if you look at the amount of large scale funding, venture capitalists, angel funding, that is taken up by women, it's in single digits, Sandra. So of that 100% pot, we get less than 10% awarded to us. That's not fair because women have all of the same creativity. They have all of the same drive. Um, but if they are not being given an opportunity by having their businesses funded, there's something wrong with that. So we have to stand up and be counted and we have to challenge that wherever we can. And I think there was a perception when I first started being a business advisor, business mentor, I worked with the local chamber, I had my own business consultancy. And one of my perceptions when I was out networking was I ignored a lot of the small businesses. I, I you know, I was working for a larger organisation and I ignored them on the basis, well, they didn't count because they were just doing a hobby because they were women. They were, you know, juggling family. They were picking up their kids from school. And then I thought about it. I thought, actually, they're really clever. Because they've got, they are multitasking, they've got the the lives, they're running their lives, they're running their families, they're getting to see their children grow up, they're getting to spend that quality time, you know, going to sports days, doing all those things. I thought, I'm missing out on all this. So I was actually then became envious of them, because they got it right. And I hadn't, because I was the one that was going in and churning the supposedly nine to five that ended up being seven till seven and you know I was just on the hamster wheel and I think you know people really do underrate the small business and that was evident I mean one of our entrants you know she was turning seven figures 
Yeah. Um, you know, woman-owned businesses, are some of them are absolutely phenomenal and what they can deliver. And you're coming across a range of businesses now, aren't you? I am, absolutely. And it's one of the things that I do feel really strongly about because businesses take time to grow with my futurist hat on. So what one of the other uh, things that I do for corporates, but actually increasingly for women entrepreneurs as well, is I can look at a market using a range of tools and that analyse trends and patterns. I can say where that market is going to grow and develop over the coming decade. And what's interesting is we're on the threshold of women entrepreneurship going on a stratospheric climb over the next decade because of all of the stuff that's coming together and the fact that you know women are out there and they're putting themselves out we've got more role models than we've ever had before so we can start to see that actually this is going to be really an area of growth but what's interesting that sits inside that is we're developing different business models. So one of the things that women are developing is something called portfolio businesses, where they will take five or six mini businesses, micro businesses, but put them under a single umbrella so that they are absolutely maximising their skill, their knowledge, their resources. Um, and they're also really cleverly, they're spreading business risk. So that rather than put all their eggs in one basket, they're spreading that risk across four or five or six different income streams. So actually, if one doesn't do as well in one quarter, the others will can grow a little bit and actually smooth that out and they don't even notice it. Now, we've never seen that before and you don't see it with male entrepreneurs but you're starting to see it increasingly with women. So we're disrupting the whole small business entrepreneurship market, and it's about time. Well, it is about time. And I think the pandemic has done a lot for this. And it's made people change because people, myself included, we had to diversify. We had to come up with new income streams. We had to think about, well, you know, everything fell off a cliff for me with events. I had to you know, so I've now got different income streams, as you say, if one isn't performing, the others are. So, and you know, the growth of online businesses as well, the, the yeah. fact that Zoom, we wouldn't be sitting here doing this. You know, I was using Zoom pre-pandemic, but nobody else seemed to want to, but everybody uses it now. It's made us more efficient. It's given, it's opened doors to new opportunities. And I think, you know, even if businesses don't want to grow, and some businesses, they'll come to me and say, oh, I'm quite happy doing what I'm doing. But every business has to grow because if you just continue doing what you're doing, eventually all your clients will fade away and you'll have nothing. You've always got to be working on that pipeline, that next batch of clients, because you're not going to keep a client forever. It, even if you're the best you know, mentor, business growth expert in the world, you will never keep a client forever because they move on, they outgrow you and you want them to outgrow you. Um, so I love it when a client outgrows me and they move on to the next level. Um, it's absolutely great. And some clients aren't ready for me yet and they grow into me and you'll have the same. I'm briefly interrupting this podcast. Have you ever watched a speaker on stage and thought, oh, I'd love to do that one day? Have you wondered how they can stand on stage and speak without notes so confidently? Do you wish that you could banish the nerves and anxiety and know exactly what to say? 
then you need to attend the One Day Speaker Boot Camp on Sunday the 28th of January. It's a day packed full of content and you'll walk away with a blueprint for a keynote speech that you can deliver confidently on stage again and again. Book your place now at womanwho.co.uk forward slash events. There are also monthly payment options available. Just get in touch. Now back to the podcast. I, that's absolutely true. And and I do think as well, one of the real key indicators for me is that when you see people entering into that growth and they're starting to say, OK, well, I've got to where I want to be. So I'm just going to I'm just going to tread water for a bit. If you look at where we are in terms of the economy, we've had something like an, an inflation rate of 10 percent. Now, what that means in real terms, you can have the best business in the world. But unless you're growing at 10 percent every year, you're actually going to end up losing. It's either going to eat into your profits or you're going to go off into the red. That's why we need business growth, because every year when you see that inflation rate, that tells you what your revenue has got to grow by. So it's helping people to understand what they have to do and then giving them the tools to go off and do it. And women are much more, in my experience, that's a wild generalisation, but in my experience, women are much more uh, open to that sort of stuff because they're not afraid to say, I don't know. They're not afraid to make a mistake because if they make a mistake, they've simply learned that they it's a different way of not doing something and they'll always get back up again. And it, I just find it completely refreshing to work with women because of that. Most of them have that can-do mindset and it's so much easier to grow a business if you do have that. And, you know, coming back to that business growth and that inflation rate and everything. I mean, I remember even if you grow your business 1%, 1% on 1% the next year, 1% on that, it, it's growth. But the thing is, what, what people don't realise is that growth, you have to keep putting your prices up. And yeah. people are so nervous at the moment about putting their prices up. Oh, people can't afford it because, you know, there's they're, they're bad, bad times at the moment. But actually, that's the only way you're going to grow unless you actually devastate your overheads and cut them to death but once you've cut your overheads you need to still put your prices up now when I started the academy in the pandemic every I've never discounted every year I put my prices up and people keep joining because I you know I give the value there but I'm not afraid to put my prices up and you know and charge my worth but people are frightened so nervous about putting their prices up I mean, I do a whole I do a whole section on pricing and pricing strategy because it's actually much more complex than people think. I work with people who have no idea how much they charge, how much they cost their business. So if you even if you're a, a solopreneur, you cost your business X amount and you're not available, you know, 24 7 365 days a year so you have to work out what your billable rate is loads of people don't know that and so for me when people come to me and say I'm really struggling at the moment and and, uh, you know do I cut my costs or or whatever because I can't afford to develop my business I can't afford to invest in it there are two rules that people need to know if you want a quick fix for a cash flow problem then you can cut your costs but if you want to make long-term savings, you have to invest in your business. 
because you won't do it otherwise. You can only cut costs for a year because once you cut it, that's it. There's, there's no more. There's no more fat in the system. You're as lean as you can be. And so, how are you going to manage the second year? Well, then you have to invest in other things. Maybe things that will help you to become more efficient or use your time better. But growth has to be at the root of that, even if your goal is to save money. And and that's a concept that lots of people struggle with. But in the micro business club, we we break everything down. So I we talk about it in plain English. If you're not a numbers person, you don't like maths or you don't think you're very good, we can help with that because actually it's about concept. It's not about equations. It's about understanding and knowing where you're at, because if you know where you're at, the decisions that you make after that will be better decisions. So so we focus on all of that so that people can, regardless of what stage they're at, they can grow their business and they can survive even in tough times. They can survive and thrive. But if that their business has to be put on a solid financial footing and an operational footing too, and, and that's what we help with. Yeah, I'm just going to go back on something you said there. You know, when women start out in business, they quite often come from an employed background. Yeah. They've taken a maternity leave and they decide not to go back or they've retired and then suddenly start to, to you know, they've come out of corporate life or whatever it is or redundancy. And there's this thing to look at the salary they earn to what their hourly rate is and think that's what they've got to charge. And it isn't, is it? It's building your overhead cost. You have to build in your cost and everything else. And I think that's the biggest mistake I see with a lot of women who do start businesses. It might be men as well. I don't know. but I work with women. so But that's one of the biggest mistakes I see. They're not charging. They, they've still got the employee mentality as to what they charge and their prices. And I think it's a nervousness and perhaps lack of knowledge that actually you have to have the, that may not be an expert in financials, but to have that financial knowledge enough to know you've got to charge your worth and you've got to build in your overheads to those costs. I was doing a session with a group of women yesterday and I've got a little tool that I that I give them and it's a really simple equation, but it tells them how much they cost their business. And we were doing this exercise and people were going, I can't possibly be costing the business that much. I said, no, you are because, and she said, well, you know, one lady said, well, you know, I didn't get that when I was working for somebody else. I said, but what you don't realise is your company was picking up that cost. They didn't sort of share that with you when they gave you your salary at the end of every month, but they were paying it. And now they're not there. You're going to have to pay that. So your pricing structure has to reflect that. Otherwise, and, and this is so common, Sandra, you will be working flat out so you have no more time to sell and you still won't be making enough money. And the number of business women and, and men, actually, that come to me and that's their starting point. I haven't got any more time to sell. I'm working flat out and I'm making a loss. Uh, you know, I might as well just give up and go and get a job. No, what you need is a proper pricing strategy in place. And then you'll start to see that come right yeah. And I can't sort of stop chatting to you without coming and talking about visibility. So <laughs> I talk about people being the world's best kept secret. 
And we recently worked together. You recently did my visibility program. And you have just come out from nowhere and you are now everywhere. So tell us a little bit about what you've been doing and what you are doing at the moment, because it's full on, isn't it, Wendy? It is. It's full on. So so I've been doing this for 35 years and been perfectly happy to sit in the shadows and, and let the world pass me by. And uh, but I've I have felt that because the there's so much noise in the system, particularly for doing what I do, there's lots of competition and I just wasn't standing out. So I decided to do the visibility program because I realised that even if it makes me feel comfortable, I have to get out there and do it. But honestly, Sandra, some of the exercises that we did on that program um, made me look at myself completely differently to the way I have for a long time. And what it suddenly meant was that if I was visible, I had choice. So instead of having to say yes to everything, I could suddenly cheer. I was in the driving seat. I could decide which which keynote speech I'd do or which literary lunch I'd go and speak at or which article I'd write because I'd got people asking me to write articles for their magazines. And it's really given me choice. But one of the other things is that it's helped me build a platform for the legacy. So I'm 63 now. I reckon I've probably got another 10 years to continue to do what I'm doing and build a legacy so that the women after me, I'm leaving the door open for and they can come and do, go on and do bigger and better things than than I've ever achieved. And that was my passion. I wanted to do that. Well, you can't do that without being visible. And it's not that you have to be everywhere and in front of everybody, but it sort of builds its own momentum so that I'm not doing anything different than I was doing before in terms of the frequency that I post or where I post, but it does build a momentum. And suddenly when people start to read your posts and they share them with other people, that grows your audience. And then as long as you're still delivering the right content, they tell friends about it, you get a bigger audience. And it's that really. It's understanding if you have something to offer that is of value, you have to be reaching the right people. And you can't do that if you're hiding in the shadows. So I'm out here. I'm loud and proud. And people will think, oh, my God, not her again. But, you know, I've got a really important message which I want to spread. And it requires me to be visible to do that. Yeah, well, thank you for embracing the learning that I delivered and and for putting it into action, which is the key. And suddenly, you know, you are everywhere, which is absolutely fantastic to see. So congratulations on that, Wendy. Um, Before my guests leave, I always ask them to share a business tip or piece of advice with the audience. So what would yours be around business growth? What would your uh, piece of advice be to to our listening audience? I would say lots of people at the moment are struggling a bit in thinking about how they grow their business. And ultimately, they're going to think about, do I do a program? Do I go and work with a coach? What do I do? And I'm going to give you one piece of advice. If you're a tyre kicker, save your money. What I mean by that is, if you think paying your money is going to deliver you the result, it won't. If you find the right coach, if you find the right program, do it. But for heaven's sake, take on board the learning that is being offered to you. And if there are exercises to do the exercises and if you have to do some writing, do the writing. I'm a real lifelong learner and I always have been. And I will say to people, we don't grow old. We get old when we stop growing. 
And if you want to grow your business, you have to learn new stuff to do that. Because if you expect to grow your business from where you are now, you'll be disappointed. So don't be a tire kicker. If you're going to invest in your business, take it seriously and take on board the advice and do the exercises. That's my advice. <laughs> and you embraced all the exercises on the programme, which was fantastic of why you're here doing what you're doing now. But yeah, I love that. Don't be a tire kicker. So we'll leave it on that note. Thank you, Wendy Garkars from the Micro Business Growth Club. Thanks so much, Sandra. I've had a ball. Thank you for listening to the Woman Who Chat podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Join me next week for more inspiration, learning and top tips. In the meantime, visit womanwho.co.uk to find out how you can start your Woman Who journey or even feature on a future podcast. You can also join the Woman Who Achieves community on Facebook. The link is in the show notes. There, you'll get the opportunity to network, find support and make new connections with over a thousand women in business. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's podcast. And if there are any topics you would like to hear, just get in touch with me, your host, Sandra Garlick.